Episode 28 of Can We Still Be Friends, the podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. This summer, Disney Pixar released their most recent movie, Inside Out. Like many Pixar movies, it's getting excellent reviews and has most adults leaving the theater in tears. While Ryan and I are generally huge Pixar fans, there is one movie we do disagree on. So for this episode, we're rewatching Brad Bird's The Incredibles from 2004. The Incredibles made a whopping $261 million at the box office, and it won two Oscars, including Best Animated Film. It's got a 97% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and is often ranked by critics as being among Pixar's best films. Personally, in the past, I've called this my favorite Pixar movie, while Nate feels it isn't one of Pixar's better efforts. So on rewatching, does The Incredibles succeed in its return to action? Or is its old superhero costume a little too tight to be socially acceptable? Keep listening. You dissected a frog. Dash got sent to the office again. Good, good. No, Bob, that's bad. What? Dash got sent to the office again. What? What for? Nothing. He put a tack on the teacher's chair during class. Nobody saw me. You could barely see it on the tape. They caught you on tape and you still got away with it? Whoa. You must have been booking. How fast do you think you were Bob, going? we are not encouraging this. I'm not encouraging. I'm just asking how fast you... Honey! Oh. Great. First a car, now I gotta pay to fix a tape. The car? Oh, what happened to the car? So that's a scene from uh, the movie we're discussing in this episode, The Incredibles. Obviously, Bob, uh, also known as Mr. Incredible, is... Uh, feeling a little fed up with the normal life and the only excitement is when he hears his son used his superpowers yeah, in school. A little domestic drama. Yeah, not, not what you usually see in a family film or a superhero film. You usually don't see the home life, uh, the mundanity outside of the superpowers. But that's the movie we're discussing in this episode. Yeah, we're discussing The Incredibles um, because actually we were talking off mic a little bit that we had actually both seen Inside Out, the most recent Pixar movie. You know, a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are loving this movie. I really I, you, enjoyed you it. You can count me um, amongst those people. Also, you can count <laughs> both of us amongst the criers. Oh, boy. It's a very emotionally <laughs> powerful movie. I feel like this uh, Inside Out is almost a built-in babysitter for a night out for the parents because... Hmm. It's a movie that's going to have colors and excitement for kids, but I don't know a kid who's going to understand what's happening psychologically that sure. this movie is saying. Yes. The kids are going to come out saying, like, Boing Boing was funny, <laughs> and the parents are going to be drying their eyes saying, like, yeah, Boing Boing, boing was real funny. Yeah, right, right. He was real funny, and... Uh, and you real do, funny, and now he's uh, gone forever. You read up a little more Freud, or, you know, there was yeah. also a lot of just even psychological stuff going on that was over my head. Yeah, <laughs> that I almost no, I know. To, but, I know. you know, we're not talking about Inside Out, today, but, but it was a great movie, and great. I think it really sort of made us just think about how we wanted to have this discussion about Pixar, and specifically about this movie, which... Um, seems to be a movie that comes up again and again between the two of us because while we both love 
most everything that Pixar. Pixar comes comes out with. Um, this is the one that we just tend to have a few disagreements. Maybe not so much on the quality of it, but maybe where it fits within yeah, the that's Pixar camp. Bigger, you know? This is kind of squabbling at this point. It is quibbling a little bit, admittedly so. But I'm hoping it'll just bring up a little bit of uh, some good conversation and talking yeah. points about the Incredibles. So. Yeah, and what makes Pixar good. So why don't you talk about the first time? You saw it? Sure, I can do that. So um, I was thinking back on the first time I saw The Incredibles, and and strangely, I, I wouldn't normally think of a Pixar movie as one that I would normally go out and do this for, but I went to the midnight showing of The Incredibles. Did you really? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I remember... They had a midnight showing they, for a children's movie? Weird, isn't it? Yeah. They had a midnight showing at the theater in our little college town, and I remember um, my roommate at the time, we were just kind of... I think looking for something to do, we both really liked Pixar, which Finding had, Nemo had, had been, been coming off this. of Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were really excited. I, I, w- I was really excited to see what Pixar was going to do next. Yeah. Um, and so we went to the midnight showing. And um, hmm. I remember before that seeing the trailer for the movie and already kind of setting myself up for possible disappointment. Oh. Only because... I, I kind of saw the trailer and the superhero thing, and I was kind of like, you know, come on, we're going the superhero route, we're jumping on that bandwagon. Like, what are the, what's Pixar going to do with the superhero thing? You yeah. know, uh, and which I'm not. As we've, if you want to go back to our archives and listen to the Avengers, it's not a genre that I despise. It's just not one that ever really connected to me on a very personal level. So right. I was kind of like, okay, well, Pixar, let's see what you got, and. Um, I saw it, and it was not what I was expecting in a lot of different ways, which I'm sure we'll get into as we right. keep on talking. And I remember I I did like it, but I was always waiting for what I would at the time consider sort of that Pixar moment, the moment yeah. that just kind of melts you. Uh-huh. And it never happened yeah. at all. And so I hadn't seen it since then. Because Really? You've only seen it once? Yeah, because um, wow. I just never thought to go back to it. It just even after Pixar that came after like Wally and Up had those moments again. Yeah. So when I started to assess where the Incredibles fit, you know, it's a good movie. I don't have really anything bad to say about it, but it never really to me it was sort of middle of the road Pixar, which in itself is still right. very good. Yeah, you know. So, but then I guess what always sort of confused me was how many of my friends and people and critics would put this as like the best Pixar that was ever put yeah. out. And I never got that. Never got it. Yeah. So that's where I, I'm coming okay. from. How about you? Uh, you know what? I honestly, I, the first time I saw The Incredibles, it does not stick out to me as like... In the theater or no? I saw it in the theater. Oh yeah, okay. I saw it. I saw it as soon as I could. I don't know if I, it wasn't midnight showing, but yeah, I, I, I try to see every Pixar in the theater. Um, every Pixar that I think I'll like. I I still haven't seen Cars or Cars 2. I still haven't seen Monsters University, oh, okay. but I Yeah. I've I've a fairly good sense about whether I'll like something or not. I I read you. I don't yeah. think that it's a prejudgment. It's just yeah, I don't think that's going to be my cup of tea. I kind of I kind of have myself figured out. Right. So, I I don't make it a priority to go see Cars 2, you know. Sure. Um but I, I I mean I know I saw it in the theaters. I saw it with friends um probably at the same theater you saw it at. Yeah. Um this is 2004, so we were both right, in college, we were both right? in college, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just remember really having a ton of fun with it. I thought it was really funny. I really liked, um, you know, if you listen to older episodes. I, I, 
I did like superheroes, but I was not as into them as I am currently. Like I wasn't as well read. So the unique take on the superhero genre wasn't necessarily something that I was appreciating at the time, but I did. I thought uh, Brad Bird just has a way with visuals. Mm -hmm. He knows how to make action sequences exciting. I, I really like the sense of humor. I really like the relationships. I think I get what you're saying. I, I, I've seen it a bunch of times since mm -hmm. just cause I really like it. And, um, I think I know what you're talking about with the Pixar moment and we'll kind of get to that. Yeah. Uh, but I, to me that it, it did still have an emotional impact. I thought the characters were, were tremendously well-developed and, uh, I thought the fi family dynamic was very honest and very, as as much as a superhero movie can be, it, it, it's a very authentic movie. Yeah, it you know? is. Yeah, um, and I think that that was that, that was one thing that I just really appreciated about it. And what, something that made me put it higher on my list is that it was it was fair to all its characters. Every character had uh, a motive and a direction and a mind of their own, without being overburdened. We didn't have to go into way. Uh, way way back into somebody's backstory to understand what they were doing, we, but Breadbird and the the animation team, which made it so detailed with the hair and the expressions and like everything. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just such a visually rich movie. Um, they well, did a lot of stuff in short <clears throat> short term, so that's what I that that that's what I remember being impressed with with this movie was that it was surface level exciting and funny, but also really deep and well formed. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, what was your familiarity with Brad Bird the f before going, like the first time you watched it? Be you know, uh, I for mean, he me, only directed Iron Giant, which I hadn't seen, so I had like no reference point for The Incredibles. Really, um, I saw the Iron Giant years later. Actually, it was a long time before yeah. I finally saw Iron Giant. It was a great movie. That's one Love of that movie. That but, may be my. F I don't know. I if pressed to name it, I, it may be my favorite animated movie, and it's definitely mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies. Um, I, I just love, Iron Giant. I love right. the Iron Giant. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how much of that I was carrying into it, though. Okay. Like you weren't saying Brad Bird, the guy who made my favorite animated movie of all time, is doing this superhero movie. Yeah. You weren't necessarily going into it. I didn't like know that, a ton or... about Brad Bird. I knew okay. I liked Iron Giant. I think my love for Iron Giant has come in rewatching it years and years. Yeah. Since. But yeah, so that's what I remember. I just remember, you know, really enjoying it and not necessarily being caught up in any hype or anything, but sure. I've always liked it. So what's your letterbox rating? Okay. Um, before the rewatch, I, I had this at a, a three and a half, um, you know, with the, with the sort of reservation of knowing that I hadn't seen it in years yeah. when I set up my letterbox account. And then I, on, on this rewatch, um, I, I was I bumped it up to a four, oh. so four out of five for me. Okay, yeah, go ahead for you though. I'm gonna. What was your uh, letterbox rating? Mine was four and a half, and I was thinking, for some reason, as I was rewatching it, that I had had it as a five. Okay, and I was like, that doesn't seem right. So on the rewatch, I was like, I'm gonna change it to four and a half. And then I checked it, and I was like, "Oh, it was four and a half." So I guess I was level-headed yeah. when I rated it. But yeah, so four and a half. I think the letterboxed thing comes in really handy for some of our discussions, where we really do think we're going to differ on the quality of the film. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to be the case here. Right. You know, I don't know that we're going to really squabble over how half, good half the movie point, is half star, or, yeah. or half a star. But I do think we we there is a difference between us in 
how much this movie maybe means to us personally or 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 maybe where this really fits in with yeah. with Pixar, you know. So it's hard to know where to even start. I mean, well, let's start with what some of our listeners have said. Is yeah, that, is okay. that an okay place that's, to start? That's a good place. Yeah, I think that you you had some uh, you had an interesting idea with this one. So why don't you go ahead and talk about what you asked a couple of our listeners? Sure. So what I always find amazing about Pixar is the amount, and Inside Out was a was a definite example example of this. The amount at which Pixar can create a movie that appeals to both adults and kids, and not in a way that is just, let's throw some jokes in that wink at adults, you know, like what a lot of DreamWorks and stuff does. Right. This is, they make movies where the thematic elements of the movie appeal just as much to adults as they do to kids. But, you know, most of the Pixar I've seen, I've seen as an adult. And an adult without kids. So what I was... Have you seen any Pixar? Oh, Toy Story. Toy Story, I was a kid. Yep. That's kind of it. Bugs Life, I think I was already in high school when that came out. Oh, yeah. And then um, pretty much Monsters, Inc., I think I was already in college, or at least going into college when that came out. So, Mm. yeah. So I've been an adult the whole time. I don't even, up until the last year and a half, I don't even have any sort of reference point of kids in my own life. So what I was curious about is... What is the appeal to kids to with Pixar? Yeah. And is there a difference? Do kids find different movies of Pixar's more appealing than I do? Yeah. That was my sort of main question I wanted to throw out. So I asked two of my friends from college who have a good number of kids. <laughs> one of them has three kids, ranging from two to six. The other one has four kids of also varying ages. And um, I just asked them, would you mind asking your kids what their favorite Pixar movie is? Uh-huh. Why don't we go ahead and just listen to this response of here's here's three kids of varying ages saying what their favorite Pixar movie is. Okay, Emmy, which one is your favorite? Which what is that one? Uh, up. You like that better than all the other ones. Well, yeah, but I also like Monsters Inc. And I mean Incredibles. And I like You like Incredibles over Monsters Inc? Do you like Toy Story or Bugs Life? Mm, I like Bugs Life. Toy Story as much as I like The Incredibles. Mm. Yeah. I like Bugs Life. And I like this. Okay. Millie, which one do you like the best? Um, Pick it out, Millie. Cars 2? Cars 2? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, a little all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Name your favorite movie and they name five. <laughs> <laughs> and also the same thing sort of happened when I asked Andrew, who pitched for their kids to rank their top three. Um, he, he, this is what uh, our, our listener Andrew said. Uh, the four-year-old favorited uh, Cars and Monsters, Inc. The six-year-old liked Monsters, Inc. The eight-year-old had Toy Story 3 and WALL-E. So I guess what really, because it's so scattered... yeah. What that kind of tells me is Pixar really is appealing just as much to the kids as they are to the adults yeah. in, in all of their movies, you know. So I don't know. I don't know what that says. I guess it's just that it's, it's an interesting thing to to think about. And the reason I was coming at this specifically for the Incredibles conversation is because I wondered if Incredibles weighed a little more heavily on the adult themes mm. to the point where a kid would have a hard time 
getting any of the sections that weren't the action sections. Yeah, and I feel, uh, listening to that, I hear a kid say, Up is my favorite movie. I'm like, you don't get Up. <laughs> you don't <laughs> right. know what you're talking about. <laughs> or even Toy Story 3. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way you understand what's happening right, in that right, movie. Right, right, or, right. Or like with Wally. Like, do you understand yeah. what that movie's saying about That's our planet. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's something, there's definitely like a side of me that is like, well, I mean... It's the side of every Pixar movie, and it's what makes Pixar great, is that that movie is thoroughly enjoyable as an adult in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. You are watching two different movies, and a kid, if a kid's crying in a Pixar movie, it's because there's a scary part. Yeah. And I think that's the way it should be, that there's like, they're introducing these themes, so these kids have seen these things. These kids have seen, oh, his wife died. That's kind of sad, but the dog's funny. But then as they grow up, they might see a grandparent die or they might see somebody Mm -hmm. else die and they'll say like, Oh, I've seen this before. And maybe they'll need, they would probably need to rewatch it. I would need to rewatch it to see what what the movie was saying about it. But it, it, it's almost, I, I think Pixar is helping kids grow up in a really safe way Mm -hmm. that as adults will watch and be like, this is traumatic. If I were a kid seeing this, but as a kid, they don't, they don't do it in any way like Bambi's mom getting shot. They mm-hmm. do it in a way that's very much like it's there and it is ingrained in the story, but it's also gentle. That's a really good word for it, that it's ingrained in the story. Because in so many of those Disney movies, which you know we both grew up with, with those traumatic moments, you got Bambi, you've got um, Mufasa and sure. Lion King. They were almost like plot devices. Yeah. They were traumatic. They were very heavy. They were actually, I'm not going to necessarily knock them because I do think they were kind of formative for me. And I'm glad I saw them. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have those moments in kids' movies. I mean, obviously, we're not saying that because we're saying Pixar does it really well. But there's a difference to the way Pixar does it. And I think ingrained is a good word for it. It's, it's not, it's, it's more for, character development than moving the story along a lot of times absolutely that's a great distinction to make and so i think what kids are seeing in the movie is the fun characters the joke sort of the adventure of the story and it's all there and it's not dumbed down for the kids Mm -hmm. but as they grow they'll be able to pick up on other things and the thing with the, uh, the the animation the animation it seems like they're constantly progressing it yes even if it's 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 almost like you could look at every movie and say, "Ooh, that's what they were working on there. That's mm-hmm. what they were, that's where their technology had progressed." With Nemo, it's like the water, yeah, depicting water and the murkiness of it, and, and yep. reflections and mm-hmm. light and all that stuff through different yep. filters like that. Monsters Inc. It's like how can we do hair really well? And it came yes. through and like Sully, and um, well, and then even going back to the Incredibles, if we bring it back to topic, um, that to me was like oh, they're going to actually try to tackle human beings. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember seeing that in the trailer, and I'm like, this is when Pixar is going to go for it. They're actually going to go for trying to do a human being. And it was really good. But you see, even the stuff, the advancements that they had made in the earlier movies were being built upon in The Incredibles. You saw those same reflections in, like, the mirrors and the glass that you saw in Finding Nemo. They don't just try it in one movie, say, okay, we did that, and then try something totally different. In a way, they do, because they always sort of take the story into a completely new level, new yeah. direction, but they always build on what yeah. they've, the animation technology they've built upon. Yeah, you know? Incredibles, it was the human action, it was the human hair, it was clothing, the texture of clothing yes. and costumes. Yeah. Like, that was that was insane, what they were doing. So just technically, Pixar 
kills it and it's almost like kids can see good art like yeah they recognize when it's done well i mean obviously you can't just take any kid to an art museum and be and they're like enthralled it's like oh <laughs> right. this is a really good painter i don't even know what i'm looking at but i can tell it's technically good pixar marries memorable images and enticing images with amazing technical skill and that's what i love about them is that they bring such artistry to everything yeah. they do including the music they use original composition they don't just say like eh, walking on sunshine yeah. you put that in there like the, i like to move it move yeah. it like that's gotta oh, that's gotta be DreamWorks in every anime is yeah. like the anti-pixar honestly it's 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 <laughs> and often you will see that dreamworks just has to copy the technology that they yeah. already yeah. paved the way of like because dreamworks has to keep up yep you know they can't let it slide so you do see some really nice animation i guess in dreamworks sort but it's all stuff that's been sort of played and but then you, you also know. have all their faces are so two like yeah they're three-dimensional but they're very flat planes mm -hmm. the eyes are never in somebody's head they're like just these flat chunky yeah. chunked out it's just second rate but okay the animation is one thing as far as just how they sort of bring the detail into what you see but what i don't even know what you call it what do you call in animated movies what you would normally call the way the camera moves like the well, setup of their movement i mean it, it is but like you're, there's not an actual camera moving no, it's but, but it's still but like the setup of the shots i mean like the action mm -hmm. sequences in the incredibles are right up there with some of the best stuff Marvel's putting out, yeah. you know, and it, and not just the detail of, of, of what you're seeing as far as the way they did the hair or the costumes yeah, or whatever, no, but not. like the way that the, the, the screen is moving around and the characters are mm -hmm. filling that screen. The way it you know? orients you and yes. the way that you totally know where everybody is and that <laughs> yes. the, the action sequence has a point. Yeah, no, it's perfect like that. Like I remember that scene where Mr. Incredible is sneaking up to that building in a simple pan. The camera never changes position uh, other than panning mm -hmm. twice you see the door he wants to go in and the henchman there pans over to the door that he doesn't want to go in another henchman and then you see the idea form in his mind he executes it camera pans back to the door he wants to go to and it's clear like it's just yeah very simple it's it's i mean i guess that's where the direction comes in like it's a really well directed movie and um just little touches like that yeah. you know that make you feel like you're actually watching a movie yeah you know and here's the thing about that brad bird clearly showed that he knows how to move a camera quote unquote right i didn't love mission impossible ghost protocol like i thought for a mission impossible sequel it was actually really great and mm -hmm. really exciting um, I haven't heard great things about Tomorrowland. I just, I, I know Brad Bird can do it. You just would, haven't seen him I do it outside want, of animation. I want him to go back to animation, though. <laughs> you wonder if there's something about animation. Well, you can make it do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's go back to the letterboxed ratings for okay. a second. Okay. So you're gonna keep this at a four, four and a half, yeah. which you didn't think you had, but you had. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Why don't you answer the question? Because I kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, where do you see this in the Pixar camp with The Incredibles? Do you still think it is your favorite? And if it's your favorite Pixar movie, that means it, you're, that no Pixar movie is five stars. You know, like, yeah. no, it's not. What it's does not that mean? My favorite yeah. Pixar movie. It's not. Um, I think it's top three, though. Okay. I think, I think just off the top of my head, you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. It's Wally, Toy Story 3, Incredibles. Okay. Good list, yeah. And the reason it's up there is sort of the opposite of what you didn't like about it. The way you said that there was no Pixar moment. Um, 
to me, I hear you, I, I hear that, and uh, maybe unfairly, I hear you say that the movie didn't carry emotional weight. No, well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're hearing me say it didn't make me cry, that's not really what I'm getting at. Because it did make you cry. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, did it? No, it didn't. No, oh. it didn't. Um, and maybe this is okay. Maybe this is possibly getting to the core of maybe what I sometimes have a problem with in superhero movies is I see the. I see areas where there should be more dramatic weight and there just isn't. I'm thinking specifically of when he find when he thinks his family's dead. Yeah. I'm not saying I have a solution for how Pixar could have done that better or Brad Bird could have done that better and it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that like that is I mean how devastating can that be? Now that same thing basically happens in Finding Nemo crushed me. You know, yeah. like he in the very beginning when he realizes, yeah. I mean, he loses his wife and loses little embryos of theirs or, you know, right. um, and it's not and it's not because they linger on it. You know, they're able to pull that off with like a few seconds. You mm-hmm. know, it's not manipulative and with like music or anything like yeah. that. There's something about the way they stage that that just lends a lot of weight in a very little amount of time. And you see that in all in a lot of the other Pixar movies. Yeah. So. I guess what I'm saying is Incredibles had those moments where they they seem to have made a choice not to do that for whatever reason, because they could have like, you know, there's just as much dr- drama going on in this movie. Yeah. I see that a lot in superhero movies, too, where um, you see these pretty tragic things happen. And it seems like they just kind of have to get to the action. You yeah. Know? And um I will say, I think Incredibles probably after the rewatch. I'm Incredibles might be my favorite superhero movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, be right up there with like The Dark Knight. No, oh, yeah, I, um, I, I, I can, I, I, I agree. It's an amazing superhero movie. On top of the fact they pulled off the really difficult f- task of creating a new, convincing, and compelling superhero myth. That credit goes so much to Brad bird creating that world and what what's that so myth that fully you're, realizing like it. can you sort of explain just what the that, world they exist in okay that you you know do you mean like focusing more on that sort of mundane side of the day-to-day life of a superhero is no. that kind of what you're talking about or? no i okay. mean introducing superheroes specific superheroes and superhero teams and villains oh i see what you mean that yeah we care that, about because that never so existed many, before right yeah that never care that never existed and we immediately are down with it you know, skips the origin story, just says, you don't really need to know about that. Mm-hmm. Here's these superheroes that are in this world. What are their powers? Well, it doesn't really matter. They've got powers. It just like it just goes with it. And the, right. the, but the world is so fully realized in Brad Bird's head that we're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're we're with you. Sure. Yeah, there's superheroes and there's villains and mm-hmm. we know how that goes. Which is so funny that current superhero movies one rely on an audience familiarity already in the laziest ways, just saying like, you're going to watch it because you know them. But they <laughs> right. also spend the first movie in the series on an origin story we've all heard before. And so like, why do they do these two things? I guess they're trying to bring in people who've never cared about that superhero before and still in- entertain the people who have been fans for a long time. But well, I you know I almost feel like they do that usually to appeal also to the people who were huge fans to say I wonder how we they're going to do yeah, the origin story like, you know just so you know we know how it goes like yeah it's like <laughs> right. it's like citing your sources pretty much here's the footnote you yeah need it yeah um but yeah no that's what I I think makes this an incredible huh, I was trying to avoid that word 
uh, oh, yeah. superhero movie is just that feat alone. Part of that is that great intro, mm-hmm. the, the fake documentary. No matter how many times you save the world, it always manages to get back in jeopardy again. I mean, sometimes I just want it to stay saved, you know, for a little bit. I feel like the maid. I just cleaned up this mess. Can we keep it clean for, for 10 minutes? <laughs> you get to that point. Wait, Please? Don't, get, don't get up there. Uh, not finished. Uh, sometimes I think I just like the simple life, you know, relax a little and raise a family. Settle down. Are you kidding? I'm at the top of yeah, my Yeah, that game. stuff's great. I love that. Are incredible. And I love the feeling Jeez. it goes for. The, yeah. Why don't we just embrace the use We're of incredible? Because I was going to say the movie was not quite incredible. Okay, well, we're not going to embrace my home, that. But, but in my... <laughs> but if I use it to say in something my, good about the movie. And I also don't want you to think that the sole reason I can't put this as like one of my favorite Pixar's is because it doesn't have that like really right. sentimental, heartwarming, or tragic moment. Um, that's actually... Perhaps it could be a strength of the movie. It's just that I know the first time I saw it, that was definitely what threw me aback mm. and what I was waiting for and never happened. And I also feel like it was probably an intentional decision because there's moments where it almost gets there and then it gets interrupted. Like you can kind of see Mr. Incredible coming to some sort of realization and then it gets cut off because Violet says... Don't interrupt. So caught up in the past that I, I... You are my greatest adventure and I almost missed it. I swear, I'm going to get us out of this safely. Well, I think Dad has made some excellent progress today, but I think it's time we wind down now. It almost like winks at Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Because (laughs) because they're all captured. They've all been captured. I I, I actually wrote the note, the cliched moment of clarity for Mr. Incredible is undercut by Violet saving the day. I think that's great for a bunch of reasons. I think it's great to show like the shy teenage girl was the one who saved them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great to show that the the movie's message, which uh, not no, one of the messages, which is you are not strong enough to do this alone. That's why you're not alone. Even though again later he tried to do it alone, and again Elastigirl had to say specifically, "You are not alone." That's why. You can't do it alone. Did you feel at all this time around um, that the 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 emotional moment was kind of spread throughout the whole movie? That it was slowly built and released over the course of the movie more than in that one moment? And I understand that it doesn't have to be heavy-handed. And right. I'm not saying that the movie would have suffered from having a moment. Um, but I do feel like there is an emotional release And for me, before I let you answer my question, (laughs) uh, I feel like, like I said earlier, that this movie gives so much attention to so many different characters that there were a lot of people who had to realize a lot of things. Mm -hmm. All four members of the family, Mirage, and Syndrome all had things to realize. And to make one moment for one character would have would have taken away from what the movie was doing for other characters. Yeah, I, I think I think that's where I'm kind of in a weird position because I'm not even saying it was a bad choice to to not have that kind of Pixar moment. Because actually if you if you are going to allow this to be part of that superhero genre, that probably would have taken away from it too much. Yeah. It would have sort of taken it into some direction that it never needed to go into. So, I guess 
when it comes down to it, I'm maybe not even faulting the movie for it as much as I'm just saying, look, if you're going to compare yeah, it to right. my personal experiences with all the other Pixar movies I've seen, this movie just does not connect to me on the same level as mm. those. You, we both would list WALL-E as our favorite Pixar movie. Yeah. And that movie, I rewatched it in preparation for this episode. It blows me away every single time, that movie. And in, in so many ways. And yeah. not just in one section either. I mean, probably in every single act. And I can't think of any other movie that has ever touched me with its ending credits as much as WALL-E yeah. does. You know? Well, that and whole says movie so much actually... in its ending credits. I mean, this is like... That movie blows other movies away, not yes. Pixar movies. Absolutely. That yeah. movie should be more highly regarded. And if it weren't animated, it would be. Yes. It would be like a landmark movie. Yeah. But it's animated. I um, mean, this was like this is like animations two thousand one, I think, in a mm. lot of ways. Not to veer the conversation Whatever. over into Wally, but I get you. you know, it's just that what I what always sort of boggled my mind was that aside from them both being Pixar movies that we would ever even like compare the Incredibles to something like Wall-E yeah. and have people say like oh Incredibles is hands down their best movie they've ever done I'm like what no yeah. way you know because yeah. even Brad Bird wise I would personally probably choose Ratatouille really over um huh. over the Incredibles just because I love the message of that movie and what I think is interesting which I was just thinking about before you started recording so I don't know how well thought out this is, but I feel like he's got two opposing messages in The Incredibles and Ratatouille, where in The Incredibles, one of the, there's a lot of messages in, this, in the movie, yeah. but one of them is this idea that some people are exceptional and that those people should never be held back in that exceptionalism. Mm. You see that mostly with Dash. You, you're shaking your head like you don't agree. Even all the dialogue between Dash and the family is basically them telling him to hold back. Yeah. And no, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm and then in the movie basically it. says like you know, no he needs to have his moments where he can really shine in his gifts and his talents, you know. That's in Ratatouille. But the part that Ratatouille really that I love about that is the idea within that still having this mentality of every, anyone can cook. But I, I, th I don't see them as being in opposition. I see them being actually fairly closely linked. And they are both in um, gifts being suppressed based on other people. What got me thinking about this was actually um, one of our listeners, Eric. He had written us about um, The Incredibles. He had a lot of great things to say about the movie. So I don't want to make him... I was I glad. He, he sent us a lot of stuff to think about before we rewatched oh, it. Was re great. Yeah, I mean, Eric usually sends us some stuff to think about before movies, and I always appreciate it. Yeah. It's always great. But one of the things that he said, along with all these other great things he pointed out about how like it's the early James Bond music that's really well done, and mm -hmm. um, he says, I'm not sure what to make of the exceptionalist themes. I'm a little tired of the emphasis on identity in movies like this. The story goes, if only you were doing the thing you were meant to do, you would be happy. If only you were able to be really true to yourself, then things would work out. I get a little frustrated with that message, but maybe that's because I'm not exceptional like our heroes. I'm, which, you know, don't you don't, don't sell yourself short, Eric. Eric. But I'm not sure. This is Eric again. I'm not sure where the movie lands with respect to these ideas either. The foot race at the end leaves me wondering. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm kind of with him on that where I, I'm not saying uh-huh. I think it's a muddled message because it seemed like at the beginning it was this message of like oh that's terrible this kid's got this great gift and everyone's squashing it but I'm yeah. like does that happen is that a problem I almost feel the opposite always like well, I always feel like we we almost coddle our kids too much and almost try to sort yeah. of like really get them to like shine and all every single gift we even think they might remotely have you yeah. know I think it was a bit of an unfortunate choice for the message that I saw Okay. For them to um, choose superpowers, I thought. I mean, I love this movie, and I think it, it it's very interesting and in the way they added superpowers to a family dynamic and that sort of thing. Which, by the way, they did more with it than just it's a family of superheroes. Like again, like yeah, there was a but, lot of character development in their superpower itself. Yes, and the idea that you know teenage like a shy teenage girl yeah. feeling invisible and actually, i like the fact that i like the fact that dash's superpower gets him in trouble yeah you know that, mm-hmm. that that it's almost like unwieldy you know <laughs> right what what i was picking up more this last time i watched it was more how the suppression of those gifts came from the parents experience the parents living vicariously in a way of saying like Showing our powers got, got us in a lot of trouble, and we don't want you to experience the same stuff we felt, so don't use your superpowers. That happens a lot, usually in the opposite way. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I wish I played more sports. You're going to be in every sport. You're going to be the best pitcher. You're going to be the best center right. in the basketball team. Yeah. Like, it's pushing people. In, in either case, it's still the parents... You know, trying to trying to correct mistakes they felt that made in their mm-hmm. lives. Avoid. Yeah. I don't want you to feel bad in this way. So you have to do this thing. And the realization comes for the mother that I know I told you not to use it, but it's who you are, and it's you need to use it now. Mm-hmm. Like I should have I should have been letting you do this all along, so that when you needed it, you could have had it. Mm-hmm. Um, like that scene where she needs her to put a force field around the plane, and she's like, I've never done that. You told me not to do that. Right. Um, it, that's how it felt more to me. I like the movie less thinking about it the way you guys are thinking about it. And I think that's just a natural way I interpreted it. And yeah. so I think you're, you're not, you're probably more right in the assessment of what the intention was in the mm-hmm. movie. And I guess maybe the Incredibles tends to focus more on this idea of someone who, who is exceptional is being told to hold back. Yeah. And, um, that just never really you didn't see it didn't that. make yeah. sense to me. Like I didn't see that actually being something that yeah. would resonate in the real life. To and kind of like what Eric is saying, like I never felt like I was held back in anything. If anything, yeah. I just felt like I wasn't good at wasn't anything. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Ratatouille, I feel like was just something that hit me a little closer to home because it was more of this message of I. I mean, some people do have their talents and their gifts, and that they. But it was also. A, it also was a check on elitists. That's what it was, really. Yeah, and I, I totally resonated with that message too. Uh, but this, what this movie actually, as a teacher, made me think like, ooh, I think I kind of do this. Where the movie did so well depicting the heyday of superheroes, and then the crush of the monotony that came later. And for the characters in the movie, the high of the heyday did not make the crush of the monotony worth it. Mm-hmm. So what they were saying basically to their kids was they were trying to save them from the crush of monotony, the crush of when your superpowers, your abilities, your potential doesn't pan out. 
I don't want you to feel the way I felt. So mm-hmm. never reach. So those never even heights. try. Never yeah. go for those heights. Balance it out because you know what? To be honest, not a lot of people make it as musicians. So don't be a music major. <laughs> you should, you know, really like go into business. You can yeah. always play music. You can always play music. Right. But don't. And I, I, I do this to my students. So I, I have this thing that I have to check myself on where I want to like, for lack of a better word, like crush their dreams. Like, yeah, don't get excited about that. It sucks when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. And so like you do see that in this movie. It's a really it's a really important in message. In my mind yeah. is yeah. it's that's the movie for adults that yeah. is coming through in The Incredibles is don't bring the baggage that they'll find into their lives too early. You know? Yeah. And it, it's like it reminds me of one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies you can count on me where Mark Ruffalo keeps talking to his nephew and just talking about how crappy the town is and how everybody turns their backs on you and all this stuff and his mom says he's going to find out the world sucks soon enough without you telling him about it. <laughs> it's a great movie. And yeah. and so that's what that's what I saw happening in The Incredibles is more like hey parents let your kids be kids let your kids explore gifts whatever. Yeah, I I I think uh in a way you almost do yourself a favor when you go into the Incredibles as an adult mm-hmm. to to almost solely watch it as an adult. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I mean. Like yeah. uh, if you're an adult, watch it as an adult and stop trying to think about what kids are going to think about this movie. Because yeah. the more I thought about what kids would think about this movie, the more I thought it seemed to sell itself short, or that it was muddled, or that like you know the yeah. the, the kid ideas aren't as well fleshed out. Mm-hmm. But then you, if you ask kids, like, did you like that movie? Well, they did. So yeah. maybe I should just stop Dash worrying about funny. it. <laughs> yeah, you know, because if you if mm-hmm. if as an adult, I just allow myself to watch it as an adult. Mm-hmm. I find, and this happened with Inside Out too. I kind of realize this watching a lot of Pixar as I was watching a lot to prepare yeah. for this. That like, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I should stop worrying and just have faith that Pixar will handle the kids part. Yeah. You know, I don't need to keep questioning whether Pixar can handle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if the kids' message is getting through or not. Yeah. Just relax and watch it as an adult and get the adult themes because there's yep. so much there. You That's know? what I'm saying when I say that Pixar is like a babysitter for a yeah. movie date. Yeah. Because the the message is almost entirely for adults in every yeah. case. There are so many times where the Pixar movie is saying, hey, parents, don't do this to kids. Oh, yeah. Or, hey, parents, who's, what emotion is in control of your brain? Yeah. Like, for the, in, if we can talk about Inside Out for a second, for the dad, the main controlling emotion was anger, and the secondary emotion was fear. Yeah. For the mom, it was sadness, and I forget what her secondary emotion well, was. Well, and, the, and, and like, that's said in, like, 10 seconds. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's, right. not, it's a very quick thing. Yeah. That, again, is just sort of an, an example of, like, yeah, Pixar is making movies in, a, in so many ways for adults, you know? That's an interesting... But not just movies, but the messages of the movies are adult messages. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing that you say, that you need to watch it as an adult. I think that's true. I think you... you I kind of want to watch every Pixar movie now as an adult. And like, just stop thinking just about... Think, like, yeah. don't, don't try to imagine how a yeah. kid's going to perceive this, because the kid's going to enjoy it. Right. Because it's a funny movie. It like, is. There are parts I wrote Edna. Down. We didn't even talk about Edna. Edna is so freaking funny. Yeah, definitely. And that's Brad Bird. I didn't know that until I had read up after watching voice, it. Yeah. But that is such a great character. This is a hobo suit, darling. Oh, you can't be seen in this. I won't allow it. Fifteen years ago, maybe. But now... Well, what do you mean? You designed it. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. You need a new suit. That much is certain. A new suit? Oh, where the heck am I going to get a new suit? You can't! It's impossible! I'm far too busy, so ask me now before I again become sane. Wait, 
You want to make me a suit? You push too hard, darling, but I accept. And what I love about that character, which um, I think was brought up by Tasha Robinson in her Dissolve article, which can we just for a second... Oh my gosh. <laughs> can we just for a second... We're in been, mourning today. When we found out this morning that the Dissolve was ending, I, it's just like, it just it just hit me like a like a ton of bricks. You know? I, I honestly thought, well, what's going to happen now? Like, what am I, how am I going to... What are we going to... What am I going to read? <laughs> what's going to... Yeah, like Roger Ebert and now the Dissolve where... I mean, of course, those people, Scott Tobias... Um, no, no Murray, do, Tasha yeah. Robinson, Genevieve Kosky, they're going to write other places. Yeah, man. Well, anyway, we just want to take a minute and we, just. We love, we love all the people at the Dissolve. And um, if they're and they looking were, for a podcast to come on to, <laughs> we can't <laughs> yeah, pay them, we but can't pay, yeah. <laughs> um, we do love them and they've formed a ton of our, yeah, I mean, our movie criticism. Well, with so many of them even being in the ideas. AV club in mm-hmm. the early, you know, years ago. Yeah, it, we've it, been it, following them for so probably 10 years now. Yeah. Very formative. But going back to The Incredibles, Tasha Tasha Robinson wrote a really good write-up on The Incredibles when it was their movie of the week um, last year, I think. But she brought up Edna, and one thing that's so great about Edna is that she really is a lot of the comic relief, but... She speaks truth. She speaks truth, and you can tell that she cares about this family, Mm -hmm. even though she's like this character that hasn't even been in their lives for like years, you know? And she doesn't have very long scenes Mm-mm. but the fact that you can get that in yeah. such a short amount of time and that this character is so quirkily funny yeah so you get all the comedy and all of the sort of relational aspects that you need to have this fully fleshed out side right. character you know yeah without just being an exposition machine yeah 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 edna's a very funny character oh that was another thing in her in her house when um she does like the identity confirmation or whatever to get into the room and it's like edna and then the gun points at um, mrs incredible and she's like end guest and like (laughs) it's a joke from the environment like it's not just a a joke like when pat noswell talks about he's hired to punch up animation scripts sometimes and it's just jokes yelled off screen Hmm. like just add a joke here we'll do something it may not be funny but yell a joke right like no these jokes are part of what's happening in the scene too right and it's great um, another thing that I found really funny this time that I remembered thinking was very funny is the babysitter character. Oh, yeah, with the retainer. Yeah. <laughs> just... What'd you get? You don't have to worry about one single thing, Mrs. Farr. I've got this babysitting thing wired. I've taken courses and learned CPR, and I've got excellent marks and certificates I can produce on demand. Corey. I also brought Mozart to play where he sleeps to make him smarter because leading experts say Mozart makes babies smarter. Corey. And the beauty part is the babies don't even have to listen because they're asleep. You know, I wish my parents played Mozart when I slept because half the time I don't even know what the heck anyone's talking about. Corey, I really don't feel comfortable with this. Uh, I'll pay you for your trouble, but I'd really rather call a service. Oh, there's really no need, Mrs. Carr. I can totally handle anything this baby can dish out. Can't I, little baby? The way she talks, and part of it is in the way they've animated her face <laughs> and the way she moves her mouth. But I, I was laughing so hard yeah. at her this time. Before we move on. All right. One of my favorite scenes for comedy is the where's my super suit scene. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Another time where they bring in that element that you've seen that argument in so many other mm-hmm. movies, but the fact that he's like running around watching this robot terrorize, terrorize the, city, the city. Yeah. He's like, where's my super suit? <laughs> yes, that's a great scene. And, and then it's, it's, it's Samuel L. Jackson, too. So the delivery is just he amazing. is underappreciated as the ridiculously talented actor that he uh-huh. is 
He makes it look easy, so it's easy to overlook him. And he's in a lot of bad movies, so it's easy to overlook him. <laughs> Which but, I love his quote on that, though. I remember when you did Snakes on the Plane. Yeah. And they said, like, why, why do you make so many, like... They didn't want to say bad, bad movies, movies, but that's what they were getting yeah. at. And he just goes, hey, not every movie can be on the waterfront. <laughs> and yeah. I got to work. <laughs> I love that. And that yeah. guy works a ton. Yeah. He's hardworking. And he is... He never half-asses it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should probably let, let's let's go ahead and, and start wrapping this up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this conversation went in a lot of ways the way I thought it would go, which is we're not really arguing about whether The Incredibles is a good movie and whether we enjoyed it or not. I guess it still comes down to whether it had the same level of impact and meaning for me as it did for you. Yeah. And I think you know, it might just have to come back down to the superhero thing for me. And I I don't think I'll ever get to the bottom of why the superhero genre can entertain me aplenty, but elude me so much. Even in The Incredibles, as soon as all the characters sort of gather around the Metropolis Square, you know, and they're going to have their final match, I just found myself involuntarily starting to tune out. So I'm going to put that on me. And I think it's just going to come down to... I. I still can't quite put this in that same level of Pixar movie because it just doesn't, it just doesn't connect to me in the same way as those movies do. Okay. All right. I mean, I have nothing to say against that. That's just, I don't expect uh, you to either. I mean, cause yeah. What can you say? Yeah. I, I still do love this movie. I think it's really great. I think this time around I saw some things. There was another message that I wondered if it was sending and maybe this is just my own political bias coming through. But with uh, Syndrome, who we didn't talk about at all. Yeah, and actually that's weird that we didn't talk about him all. Because he's, he's a he's an, very important character. Not only important, but as a villain, the way he becomes a villain is kind of pretty complex in a lot yeah. of ways. And also, it gives you a lot to chew on. It does, definitely. <laughs> because the whole message is saying, yeah, you can't do this alone. And you almost have to wonder if he had ex- had accepted that message early mm-hmm. on, if this whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah. But then again, you're also thinking, this guy's kind of just a weasel. Yeah, was that kid actually going to be helpful? He wasn't going to be helpful. He maybe so, would have. He was developing pretty advanced technology. Yeah. But the, the message I got from Syndrome this time around was um, one of a weapons manufacturer because his plan was to sell weapons to governments. Hmm. That's how he was going to make his money. But he was not going to sell them the best weapons. So that he was going to sell them, he was going to arm every country. But the, so they so could, that he yeah. was, so he could save the day. But then yeah. he created a need for his perform for himself by scaring mm. them. You seeing a little so military by, industrial complex in there. So by yeah. seeing by by <laughs> arming them to the teeth, he instills this fear in them. And he sets himself up as the only one who can save them Mm. with more military technology. I don't know if that was the point. I think... I think uh, there's something to that. There is something to that. There's a lot to that. Yeah. Yeah, especially considering the way that Iron Giant has the military immediately seeing the giant as a threat if it's Russian, but if it's on our side, then we want to use it. Yeah, really good point. Thank you. So bottom line, I saw some things... This time, message-wise, that connected with me more than they had before. Um, But it was a little less exciting, Hmm. which is why I was going to say this doesn't uh, count five. It it didn't deserve the five-star rating I never gave it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So where where are we? Are we... uh, I think we're we're best buds 
Yeah. On this movie, more or less. Yeah, I don't think because we didn't really disagree much on on elements of the movie itself. I think you know we're I mean? learning to argue a little bit better because <laughs> okay. maybe in earlier episodes I would have been like I would have really harped on that Pixar moment thing. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't either. I would yeah. have listened back to it and been like, I should have gotten gotten off that topic. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's making fun of me because I cry in movies. <laughs> I cry in movies. I know you do. <laughs> what a weird thing to no wait <laughs> i cry i cry so we're best buds do. yeah we're best buds we i think both so. like incredibles you don't love it or do you love it um i i i think it's a really great movie you're not gonna like if your boys want to watch it, you're not gonna be like <sighs> no it was i'll put it this way it was not a chore for me to watch this oh, movie that's good and I actually was happy to revisit it again because it had been since the first time I saw it. Yeah. So, and, and you're right. I did see a lot of things that this time around that I didn't notice maybe before. They just weren't the kind of things that, you know, again, we're almost not comparing this to movies as a whole. We're just looking at Pixar movies almost yeah. because everything that Pixar puts out, for the most part, is really in that upper echelon yeah. of like great movies. Yeah. In fact, I was thinking about this. I was thinking... After Monsters Inc. and and Finding Nemo came out, that Pixar, you can you think about this for yourself. They're the only studio, as far as a movie studio, that I would ever even think to almost apply auteur status to. <laughs> like that, I will try to see everything that Pixar Pixar puts out in the same way that I will see everything the Coen Brothers put out. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. Like, right. can you say that about any other movie studio? No, definitely not. Maybe Studio Ghibli, something about animation. I guess I don't know, but like. We're talking yeah, about Pixar no, here, I guess, point. is the yeah. point. Is that like, you know, Pixar really has reached that level in Just my that mind name is already of like I will see everything they put mm-hmm. out for the most part. It's the good housekeeping seal of approval. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So um for me to say the Incredibles is kind of middle of the road, Pixar is not knocking it necessarily. So yeah, I think we can be best buds on this. Okay. So why don't we go ahead and, and um, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to do for our next episode of Can We Still Be Friends? All right. Um, we go episode 29. 29. So in our next episode, what we're going to do is we're going to be um, getting a little topical here. Little. Um, we're both a little nervous about this. I'll be honest. We're, we're pretty nervous about doing this, but we also feel like... We're curious. We don't want to shy away right. from certain issues just because we're scared to talk about them. So this was a listener suggestion a while back as well. Yes. Um, Here's the background: is we all know um, with the tragedy of Charleston, and now what we're seeing with a lot of the controversy about the Confederate flag, it's bringing up a lot of conversations about the South. It's even bringing up a lot of conversations about um, our interpretations of the Civil War and the South's role in the Civil War. So we thought it was timely to perhaps revisit a movie that is a quintessential classic um, of American movies, but does have a reputation for being a proponent of what might be called the lost cause of the Mm -hmm. South in the Civil War. This idea that the war wasn't so much about slavery. It was more about uh, states' rights and also really romanticizing that antebellum South. So we're going to be discussing Gone with the Wind. It's been a couple years since I've seen it. Me as um, well. I saw it because I felt like I had to. Yep. And um, in a way, I'm really curious to revisit it now in light of all of the stuff that's happening. Can it still hold up as an American classic movie? Yeah. We're going to be kind of watching it and trying to have a discussion about that, being two white dudes like yep. that grew up in the North as Yankees. Yep. We're going to try. And You at least grew up a NASCAR fan. So. <laughs> 
you're going to bring that to light here. <laughs> right, well, I'm not going to bring it up next time. <laughs> so, Gone with the Wind, it might be something you've seen, uh, but probably need to re-see. Yeah. Or it might be something that you've always told people you've seen. Right. And you need to see it for the first time. Or you've just always said... I should probably watch Gone with the Wind. Maybe some someday point. I'll get that one. I really feel like I should see it. And well, we're giving you yeah, an opportunity. We're right giving now. you a reason. So, <laughs> uh, watch it with us. Let us know what you think. You don't necessarily have to weigh in on your thoughts on the Confederate flag. No. But what do you remember about Gone with the Wind? Any feedback you want to give us? You can email us at feedback at canwestillbefriends.net. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, interact with, with us there. Uh, give us a call and leave us a voice message, 847-306-9532. And um, also, you know, if you if you like what you hear, you like what we do, we always encourage you to, uh, you know, go into iTunes and maybe give us a little, uh, a little love, uh, a higher rating and a little uh, review if you don't mind. It always just helps to get the word out. So thanks for listening to this episode uh, where we discuss The Incredibles, and uh, we will hopefully catch you next time when we discuss Gone with the Wind. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it.